All right, everybody, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. We're still walking through the Lord's Prayer here. Uh, it's interesting, uh, Leslie showed me yesterday, we're reading that transcript from the 9-11 flight, uh, United Flight 93, the one that uh, that realized what was going on and, and crashed. I don't know if you read the transcript. Let me encourage you it's, uh, to read it. It's interesting. It's a tale of true manly heroism and uh, in the face of, of, of danger. It was funny when he realized what that group was going to have to do and they were going to have to bring down uh, the plane. Uh, and he was talking to the, the lady on the phone, the, the air traffic control person, and also on the phone with the FBI telling him what they were about to do. And he, he asked her, he said, Lisa, Will you pray with me before, before we do this? Uh, and she said, yeah, sure. And so he started praying. And what did he pray? Uh, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be. And as I was reading that and realizing that's what we were going through, it was just like this whoosh feeling. Like that, that prayer uh, was, was with them. Uh, and so it is a prayer that we, we all know uh, and in moments will of great despair can bring out. Also, they prayed Psalm 23 together. Uh, and, and so we want to know this prayer. We want to know what is Jesus teaching? If Jesus is going to come and tell us, all right, you want to know how to pray? This is what you say. This is what your prayer is. Well, what does the Lord's prayer mean? It's not, we're not, it's not just a mantra, right? It's not just recite it and it has this sort of magical power. What is Jesus teaching us in, in the Lord's prayer? What can we learn? And so last week we looked at, after having uh, looked at the, uh, who we're talking to or to whom we're talking and our father who's in heaven. Now we've started this list of requests that we're asking God to do. If we're going to our Father in heaven and like a child, we are asking our Father to, to give us what we need. What things do we need? Uh, what lists of requests does Jesus give us? Uh, and we saw the first, the first set of that list uh, is a focus not on ourselves, but on God. We looked at that uh, a couple weeks ago, that, that the first things we see in asking the Lord do this, those first three requests, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All three of those aren't worried about us, they're worried about God. I think Jesus is teaching us that our chief concern in prayer should not be us, but but him. That should be the thing that drives us to pray. Uh, and we hopefully re recognized and repented of, you know what, I'm more motivated to pray because of myself than I am because of God uh, and his name. I'm more worried about my name than his name. I'm worried about my kingdom than his kingdom, my will than his will. Uh, and hopefully we're able to shift our minds and say, you know what? God is the most important thing. God's the thing that should drive me to prayer. And then we looked at what it means to hallow the name of God. If we're wanting God's name to be hallowed, what does that even mean? And we saw that hallowed means to holify, to make holy, let your name be seen as holy. And we saw that his name doesn't just mean the, you know, the word God doesn't just mean, you know, not using Jesus' name in a certain way that, that his name means how he is thought of, how he is seen, how he is treated, uh, not just in using his name, but just in how he's, he's, uh, recognized by people as a whole, just who is God. Um, and so, we looked at that to treat God as holy. And if you treat, what does it look like to holify the name of something? We saw that that is to give it glory, to give it honor, to give it thanks, to give it power. Those are all examples in scripture of where it says, make my name holy. And then he says, by doing this, or they were making his name holy by doing this. And so we saw that if we want 
God's name to be holified throughout the earth, then we've got to make sure that it's holified in our life, that we treat God's name as holy, that we treat God as different, as special, as that we give him the glory, the honor, the thanks, the power uh, that he deserves. Uh, and so now we're continuing to look at what it means to hallow the name of God. Uh, we've got one last uh, look at it today, and then we'll move on to the next request. But we want to make sure and understand uh, what the Lord is telling us. So let's stand in the honor of reading God's word, and let's start uh, with, with Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9 with this prayer here uh, that Jesus teaches us in the Lord's Prayer. He says, Pray then like this Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and we do ask that your name would be hallowed today in this service, that we would make holy your name, who you are, that we would treat you, our God, as holy, as different, as distinct, as set apart, as nothing like you, that we would give you all glory, all honor, all thanksgiving, all power to you because there's no one else worthy of any of those things. May your name be hallowed today in our worship. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. And that's the phrase we're looking at today. Hallowed be your name. We saw last week that that God really cares about the idea of the holiness of his name. So uh, if you've got your notes from last week or if you picked up the notes at the back, you'll see the, the first two things that we looked at last week. The scripture says God defends his holy name. So does God care about his holiness? This first thing that we're praying, hallowed be your name. Yes, God very much cares about the holiness of his name. He actually defends, actively defends his name and holds guilty those who don't. Treat his name as holy. Remember we saw last week, he sets his face against those who profane his name. Against those who don't, who treat him as common. Who treat him as unholy. Though if you do not, if you're not making God's name holy, God sets his face against you. So not only does God defend his holy name, we saw that God also actively works to holify his name. God advances his holy name. And so we saw how uh, in the works of his people, he says, you know, why did I rescue you from Egypt? Why did I bring you out of exile? Why did I send you to exile and then bring you out? Why did I afflict you? Why did I save you? Why did I? And he goes through all these things. And what does he say is his reason? So that my name would be holy. So that my name would be hallowed. So that my name would be holified. And so since I wanted that to happen, since I wanted my holiness to advance, not just among my people, but among the nations, I did these things. So the, the works of God that he's doing in Israel, the, the stories that we read about, and we go, you know, why did the exodus happen? For the glory of God's name. Why did, why did God send his people Israel into exile? For the glory of his holy name. That's what the Lord tells us. So God very much cares about the holiness of his name. Holifying his name, as this prayer asks, is, is central to the very purpose of God, to what his, his work is on this earth. He makes it central to who he is and what he does. And so then it's not surprising 
that not only if, if, if holifying his name is central to who he is, that holifying the name of God, he makes that central in his creation. That it is the very purpose of creation and the purpose of God's creatures. That it is our job, creation's job, and our job with them to glorify the name of God. So the, the holifying the name of God is, is what we were made to do. In fact, we'll see it's what all of creation is called to do. So this hallowing the name of God is actually what everything in creation is meant to do. This is the job of everything. From, from, from trees to the sky to the angels to the beasts to us, everything in creation is supposed to hallow the name of God. It's supposed to treat God as holy, as different, as there's nothing like him. It's to give him glory and, and honor and thanks and power. That's what all of creation is called to do. You want to see that? Turn to Psalm 148. Psalm 148, beginning in verse 1. says this, praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights, praise him all his angels, praise him all his hosts, praise him sun and moon, praise him all you shining stars, praise him you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens, let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded and they were created and he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind, fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. So just look at, look at the, the heavens, the heights, angels, all of those, sun, moon, shining stars, the water above the heavens, the great sea creatures, the deep mountains, hills, fruit trees, cedars, beasts, livestock, creeping things, flying birds, kings, all peoples, princes, all rulers, young men and maidens, old men, children, everyone, everything is called to praise the name of the Lord. In fact, what does it say they're called to do uh, in verse 13? They're called to praise only his name. Praise his name for his name alone is exalted. And there's the holiness aspect. If you're wanting to know, understand you. So where do we see the holiness of God in this? Where do we see God's distinctness, how he's different? He says, look, there is nothing like our God. There is no one like him. He is holy. And because he is holy, he deserves to be praised by you and me and the hills and the mountains and the birds and the beasts, everybody, everything, all of creation has been called to hallow his name, to holify his name because he is holy. He is separate. There is no one like him, no one with majesty like him, no one with worth 
like him. His name alone deserves our praise. His name alone deserves to be lifted up. Because, he says, his majesty is greater than anything in heaven and on earth. He alone is the creator. He alone sustains the creation. He alone commands even the chaos. Like like he said, he said that that fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind, they all fulfill his word. All of that fulfilling his word. Nothing's like that. He commanded these things. He sustains these things. And so he alone deserves our praise. There is not, when we're looking at hallowing, hallowed be your name, there is not a single element in all of creation, earthly or heavenly, as he draws in the angels and the hosts themselves. There's not a single element on heaven and on earth that is not given the purpose of hallowing the name of God. That their job, be you angels or people, be you mountains or trees, be you birds of the sky or creatures deep in the ocean. What is your job? Be you a king or be you a normal person, right? Whether you're a a young man or a maiden, whether you're an old man or your child, you've got one job, one thing you were made to do, and that is to holify the name of God. Because there is nothing in all of creation that is worthy of praise like him. Nothing that should be lifted up. And that's what's so funny. We look at our lives. We look at all the things we praise with our mouths. All the things we praise with our time. All the things we say, this thing is worth. This thing is worth my lips. This thing is worth me, my time. This thing is worth my efforts. This thing is worth my money. We look at all these things and it's like none of them actually compare to God. And yet they take so much of this brief vapor that is our life. So what should you do in those other things, your purpose in doing those things, just like God's purpose and all the things he did among the people, his purpose, whether he afflicted the people or whether he redeemed them, his purpose, whether he rescued the people from Egypt or sent them into exile, his purpose and all those things was for the holiness of his name. So let me tell you, in everything that you do, let the way that you do it, how you do it and why you do it better be to glorify the name of your God, to make his name be seen as holy, holifying his name in everything that you do because that's the job of all creation that's the job of every tree that's the job of every plant every animal everything even the earth itself all of creation is called to holify the name of God it's not surprising then that hallowing the name that holifying the name of God that bringing glory to the name of God if it's the job of all creation guess whose job it is as well it is what all of mankind is called to do. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna narrow in here. So he gives all of creation this call. We saw it already. Kings and all pre, uh, peoples, princes and all, all rulers, uh, young men and maidens, old men and children. We've, got, we've already seen this, but look, we're going to see it even more. All of mankind is called to holify the name of God. Psalm 99. Look at Psalm 99 verses 1 through 3. The Lord reigns. Let the peoples tremble. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim. Let the earth quake. 
The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over all peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. So we see here, it, it is because the Father is in heaven. So when we pray, our Father in heaven, we talked about this last time. What should you do when you realize that your Father is in heaven? One thing that should cause you to do is to tremble. To realize that you're addressing the God who made all of this. And the God who made you. And the God who knows every choice you've then made since he made you. All the things you've done with your life and haven't done with your life. And you're going to him and you're going face to face with him. You're going to speak to him. The Lord reigns, let the peoples tremble. So it's because God is in the heavens that we should tremble before him, but not just tremble. It's also the reason that we should praise his name, that we should, as it says, that we should shout his holiness. That last phrase, holy is he, is an exclamation. Holy is the Lord. We should be shouting that. Holy is our God. Why? Because it says he alone truly reigns. All the other rulers of this world, what do we know? Every single one of them, ever. There's not a single ruler of this world that truly rules. None of them actually reign. Jesus has to teach some of them that himself, right? Because what? Any authority they have has just been given to them. Given to them by God who has the true authority, who truly reigns, and he can snatch it away at any moment. And so God tells his image bearers here, remember the great and awesome name of the one you're named after, the one whose image you bear. Remember his holiness. Remember there is no one like your God. It is the Lord that reigns. It is he that sits enthroned, not upon some silly wooden throne or even a gold one. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim. It is the Lord who is exalted over all peoples. We should be praising him. We should be remembering his holiness saying, holy is he. So the job of all of us, the job of all peoples, whether you go back to Psalm 148 or you look here in Psalm 99, all of humanity has been given this purpose, our job. Every one of us, we live in this world that's always trying to figure out what's my purpose. And I can tell you one purpose that is true for every single person. Your job is to make holy the name of God. Your job is to make God's name holy holy, to lift it up, to exalt it, to give it glory, honor, thanks, to give him power. That is the job of every single person. And what's crazy is that's not a temporary call either. That's not just a job that you're going to have in this life. This is actually an eternal call. It's funny, holifying the name of God is not something that we can fulfill. It's not something we can fulfill on, on a Sunday morning. It's not uh, the task that we can do in a certain number of this. If you're looking, you're going, okay, I've got to holify the name of God. We got, well, I was at church. So then I did my job of holifying the name of God as if, as if you know, a couple hours on our, on our Sunday is going to fulfill our purpose in life. You, it doesn't, there's not a certain number of days. There's not a number of special occasions. The truth is you can't even, you aren't even going to be done at the end of your life. Because the Bible tells us that, that holifying the name of God is what you and I will do for eternity. 
It's the call of mankind for eternity. Psalm 145, verse 21. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. How long are we supposed to bless the holy name of our God? How long are we supposed to be lifting him up, praising him forever and ever? So when we, when we pray for our Father's name to be holified, when we say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, we're not just praying that for our nation. We're not just praying that, oh, in this period of time, or this is going on, and so I want your name to be hallowed right now because it, it doesn't seem like it is, or during this moment, I want you to be lifted up. When we're praying, hallowed be your name, we're praying that he would receive the eternal glory and honor and thanks and power that he deserves. We are praying that he would receive a hallowing, a a holifying, a making holy of his name that lasts forever, that never ends, that doesn't end in us, that doesn't end here, that, that rings out For eternity, the creator praised by his creations, praised by his creatures, by his image bearers. That is the hallowing of our father's name. All of mankind, we as the image bearers of God are meant to holify God's name and to do so forever. That will be your task every day that you wake up. That will be your purpose every moment that you exist from the time you were born throughout eternity your job will not change your purpose will not change as his creature you will exist for the holiness of his name now whether or not you're fulfilling what you were called to do or not is a different story But at least you can know what you were called to do, what you were made to do, what your job is when you're doing all your various other things in life. If you are an image bearer of God, guess what you're meant to do? Bear his image in a way that brings glory to the image. Bring glory to the one who made you. That's mankind's calling from the beginning. It's what all of creation is called to do, to holify the name of God. It's what all of mankind has been called to do. All peoples, all flesh, forever and ever, praise his holy name. That's what every every neighbor that you see, every person in your family, every one of them, their purpose in life is to bring holiness to the name of God, to treat him as holy holy and that's why people can fill their lives with so many other things but if they're not doing the one thing they were made to do they'll never find satisfaction they never find happiness they fill their lives with all sorts of things they give praise and honor and glory and worth they they say my life is is but a vapor and a shadow we all realize that i'm gonna die someday man time is passing fast so what am i gonna spend it doing i'm gonna spend my time doing this i'm gonna spend my time doing that i'm gonna spend my time praising this i'm gonna spend my time praising that And none of it satisfies. Why? Because you were meant from the moment you were made to the, till the eternity that you exist in 
You were meant to holify the name of God with every breath. In everything. And if we're not doing that, if mankind is not doing that, we know that's why they find no satisfaction, no real happiness. Because it's not what they were made to do. They were made to holify the name of God. So that's what all mankind is going to do. So it's probably not surprising that the next thing, if all of creation is called to holify his name, if all of humanity is called to holify his name, it's not surprising that Christians are especially called to this task, that it's what Christians are called to do. So all of creation to holify the name of God. Let's narrow in all of mankind to holify the name of God. And now, especially his children. Right? Especially believers, we are given uh, a, a, an even more uh, loud call. Your job as a believer is to bring uh, holiness to the name of God. From the very beginning, God has put special emphasis on his name among his people. Yes, from, the, from the, his first moment. So then you go back to Exodus chapter 20, right? You get here in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, you've got the Ten Commandments. And the Lord is giving him uh, the law. What does he say? You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. I mean, who does he give? He gives these commandments to his people. He brings them to Mount Sinai. He gives it to them, not to the nations around them, not to the Gentiles around them. It is his people that get this call. He comes to his people, gives them the law. This is how I want you to live as my people. This is what I want my people to do. What? So that my name is lifted up above the gods of the nations. This is how in the law, this is how my name is made distinct among my people and by my people by fulfilling this law. So how do the people conduct themselves? What are they supposed to do? If they're going to make God's name holy, if they're going to look different from the nations around them, if they're going to show people this God of the Israelites is the one true God, how are they supposed to live? Well, one thing they're supposed to do is have no other gods before them, right? The other thing they're not supposed to do is make images of things and then worship those things. But what's the third thing that they're supposed to do? Not take his name in vain. Don't treat him as unholy. Don't treat him as common, as worthless, as plain, as unholy. It's his people that are especially commanded. We are especially commanded. To treat God's name as holy. So instead of profaning his name, what are we supposed to do? Look back at Leviticus 22. We read a little bit of this uh, last week. So if our job is, so what's your job to do? Don't profane his name, right? That's the negative. This is what you're not supposed to do. Treat God as plain. How would you treat him as plain? By having other gods as well by making uh, idols and worshiping them. All those things are treating God as plain, as normal. So we're not supposed to treat God as, as just another part of our life. We're not supposed to treat God as just another thing of who I am. He's supposed to be above everything else. And that's what we see in Leviticus 22, verses 31 and 32. So you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. And you shall, I am Yahweh, and you shall not profane my holy name. 
that I may be sanctified among the people of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. So here we are. Leviticus 22 is this chapter on holiness among God's people, especially their sacrifices. We are not to profane the name of God. We're not to treat it as worthless. We're called to holify the Lord, that there's nothing plain, nothing normal, nothing worthless about God. We shouldn't treat him as that. We shouldn't treat him as unholy. And why are we not supposed to profane God's name? When he says in verse 31, you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. You shall not profane my name. Why are we supposed to not profane his name? Why? That I may be sanctified among the people of Israel. That he may, and here again, we remember that the word sanctify and the word holy are the same word in, in the Hebrew. We, can, we don't want you to think we've got a whole new thing going on here. That is the word, that's the Old Testament version of the word hallowed here. Uh, that that, that uh, I may be hallowed among the people of Israel. That I may be holified among the people of Israel. We don't profane his name. Why? We don't profane his name because our job, we want him to be hallowed. We want him to be lifted up. We want him to be exalted, to be held as holy, not as common, not as normal. We want God to be seen. We want his name to be seen as above all names. And why should we be concerned about God's name being made holy among the peoples? What does he say? Because it is God that has made us holy says that I may be sanctified among the peoples, that I may be holified among the people of Israel. I am Yahweh. There he goes back to using his name again. I am Yahweh. I am the Lord who holifies you. I am the Lord who holifies you. I'm the, the Lord who has hallowed you. We holify him because he is the one who holifies us. And if God holifies us, if God makes holy we, we who are profane, we who are common, we who there is nothing exalting about us in and of ourselves, we who are unholy, who are stained by sin, if God holifies us, if he works to make us holy, how can we not devote ourselves our lives, every breath of our life to holifying him in everything that we do because he actually deserves the holification. He actually deserves the exaltation. He deserves the glory. He deserves the honor. He deserves the thanksgiving. He deserves the power. We didn't deserve it. And yet he sanctified us. He holified us. He hallowed us. How can we not hallow him? How can we not set him apart in everything that we do? How can we not devote ourselves to the hallowing of his name? Psalm 106, 47 says, Save us, O Lord, our God, and gather us from among the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your So God has saved us. So what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to be doing? If God has saved us, we're supposed to be using our lives, thanking his holy name, glorying in his praiseworthiness. That's what God's people do. 
They see what God has done for them. They realize they've been saved, but not just saved, saved for this purpose. We've been saved so that we might fill this world with the praise of his glory. We've been, we've been saved so that we might holify his name among the nations. Now, holifying the name of God isn't just what you should do. It's what you were made to do. It's what you and I were saved to do. We were made to holify his name. And when we didn't and deserve the condemnation that comes by his creatures who do not do their purpose, he saved us and gave us that purpose again. We were, we were made to holify the name of God and we were saved to holify the name of God. And so guess what? That's what God's people do. God's people will make holy his name. Take, for example, the life of Mary. In Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, she's a, she's a virgin. She's pregnant with the Messiah. She's about to give birth to her salvation. She's going to literally be saved through childbearing. Uh, she's just met with Elizabeth, who's in utero. John the Baptist, like, leaps with joy, and, 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 and she has these words on her lips. So Mary says, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And how does she, what does she say? And holy is his name. All of this, all of these things that are going on, all of this, and, 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 the, 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 and, and the things that she's praised for believing, and where are her thoughts? What is Mary thinking about? She's thinking about the holiness of the name of God. Going through all of these events, this great blessing, but also this, this, this great uh, uh, suffering with it, And where are her thoughts? That God's name is holy. For the believer, that's where all of our hearts should naturally go in our lives. In the the midst of difficult times, what should you be thinking? How can I make God's name holy in this? It's funny, when, when I do counseling or, or, or when I'm just giving some like, what should I do in this situation? Or, or how should I act to, to, to just be able to say to them, well, what do you think makes most holy his name? What's the thing that will make God's name holy in how you act? And they start to think about it. What's funny is it's normally pretty easy to see what would be the thing that would make much of God and what would be the thing that would not make much of God. And so if there's a difficulty in marriage, we ask, you know, what are you worried about? What are you worried about in your marriage? Are you worried about what needs to happen in this marriage to make you happier? Or are you thinking about what needs to happen for God's name to be seen as holier? I tell you, that'll probably make a different outcome in how you react. If you're looking at your marriage and saying, no, this makes it really hard for me, and that's what you sit and you ponder, or you look at your marriage and go, what can I do or what needs to be done for our marriage to make God's name as holy as possible? 
It totally flips the things that you're looking for. It totally flips what you're expecting in marriage. Totally flips what you expect from your other person. It totally flips what you expect from yourself. To look at your marriage and say, what is the point of our marriage? What is the purpose of our marriage? What should our marriage be doing? If it's going to be a godly marriage, it'll be a marriage that makes God's name holy. That lifts up the name of our God. Maybe it's raising children. It seems like some of us have those. But when it comes to raising our children, what should we do? We should be asking questions like, how can I raise my child in a way that shows my God is not like the gods of the rest of the people in this world? How does the way I raise my children holify the name of God? How can I put the holiness of God before their faces all day long? How can I make sure that that they are a generation that will rise up and bless the name of the Lord? So the purpose in raising our kids, totally different from the purpose of the world. The purpose of the world is like, how do I need to raise my kids so they can get this type of job or go to this type of college to get this type of job so they can have this type of house and this type of life? And it's like, no, your one purpose in how you raise your kids is, is the way you're raising your kids bringing glory to the Lord? Is it making his name great? Is it showing that God is not like anything else in this world? Christian, the the reason these are the first words of our prayers is the holiness of God should be the first concern of our hearts in anything that we do. God's holiness, his name, his glory. Is God's holiness your first concern in life? Is God's holiness the thing that you consider before every action that you take? before every choice that you make for your life, before every decision that you make about speaking to your wife, about how you raise your kids, is every decision guided by that principle? Does this holify? Does this separate, distinct, bring glory to the name of God? That's the question we should be asking because we were made For this very purpose, we were made just like all of creation to holify his name. As image bearers, we were given that call and God saved us to give you that purpose. What are we meant to do with our lives? To holify the name of our God. To hallow his name. Let's pray. So just taking what we've seen, let's take a moment and think about and respond. This is our moment of response here. How do you treat the name of God? How do you, I mean, if, if God defends the holiness of his name and, and if God will, will hold guilty those who don't, if God advances the holiness of his name, is, is, are those things your concern as well? Are you as worried about how God is thought of in this world as as he is? Do you care about his name above your own? Because really, that's that's what we're here to do. That's That's what everything is here to do. Angels, to mountains, to beasts, to birds, to to you, 
We are all here for one reason. To make his name holy. So the question you've got to answer is, are you doing that? And if you're going, well, I'm not sure, then that means you probably haven't spent time pursuing that purpose. It means you're probably not waking up going, I've got to make holy God's name. I've got to make the choice that brings holiness to his name. I want to, I want to, I want to decide. And I want to live in a way that brings you holiness. If, you're, if I'm asking you this question and you're going, well, I've never thought of that, then you probably haven't stumbled into holiness. You probably haven't stumbled into just happening to make his name holy. And you certainly, that certainly hasn't been guiding every decision in what you do. If you're just now even thinking about Father, hallowed be your name in every choice that I make and everything that I do with every breath that I have. Then now the, when, when you're breaking down a choice and, and you're wanting to know what are the pros and cons, the very first thing you better ask is what's going to bring the most holiness to the name of God. What is going to most lift up his name, bring glory to his name, bring honor to his name, bring thanks, give power to him instead of power to me or power to anybody else. And that question alone will reshape how you look at everything in your life. Christian, the, the, the holiness of God is not just Christian doctrine. It is our Christian mission. It is our purpose. And if there's one thing we don't want to do is be a people who talk about, man, we treat God as holy in our church. God is doctrinally, God is lifted up. There's no one like our God. We, we praise him so much in the, in the beliefs of our church, but not see it in our lives. Not see it in every area of our life. The holiness of God affects how you go to the convenience store. The holiness of God affects the conversation you have at the water fountain. The holiness of God changes everything for us. It reorients our very purpose. Christian, if you want to treat God as holy, what should you do? The same thing uh, that the scripture told us to do already. What did it tell us to do in Psalm 106? It told us to think about our salvation. You want to be motivated to make God holy? And you'll get your life and you're saying, I don't, I don't holify him like I should. What can you do? Think about your, fix your eyes, fix your heart on Christ. And you know what? You'll quit worrying about living for you. If you think about what God has done for you in Christ, through the work of the spirit in your heart, that this father that, that, we're, that we're praying to sent his son to live the life you could not live, to die the death that you deserved. And that the Holy Spirit, even after Christ did that, the Holy Spirit had to break through your rock hard heart to make you even care about those things, to make you want to believe and to have faith in those things that God did all that. How can you not do everything to exalt his name above all others. To hallow his name in everything that you do. Look back at these verses and see how they are all fulfilled in Christ. It is Jesus who has a name above all names. It is Jesus who reigns. It is Jesus who holifies us. 
want to treat God as holy in, in your life, in your families, remember this prayer. Father, hallowed be your name. And then remember the one who taught you to pray it. Who showed us how to live for God's glory and not our own. Who showed us true holiness and then made us holy. Father, hallowed be your name. May your name be made holy among us. May it be holified by us. Because that's what everything is here to do. Everything that we see. The moment we step out these doors, every item that you have created is meant for this purpose. From the grass we walk on to the air we breathe, everything meant to holify your name, to exalt you, to lift you up, to claim, to proclaim your worth. It's what everything out there is made to do. It's what we, as your image bearers, as every person on this earth, we're even even lifted up above that to say, and it is your job to do it, my image bearers. To be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth with my name. Bearing my image from one end of creation to the other. And it is especially job the job of us, those who have been redeemed, who have been saved. And our salvation is no different from the Israelites. We look back and we say, God, why did you save me? God, why did you take me out of the exile I was in? Why did you pull me out of Babylon? Why did you take me from Ur of the Chaldees? It's been the story of every one of your people since the beginning of time. Why? So that we might holify your name so that we might lift you up and proclaim there is no one like the Lord. He is holy. Holy is he. May we sing it. May we say it. May we live it. May all of it be to exalt your holy name. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.